when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulada. <laughs> Oklahoma, where the wind comes whipping down the plane. I actually don't know that song. Oh, man. Well, there you go. Dupont Acres. That has nothing to do with this. (laughs) Just have Arnold the pig for no reason. I like the pig. (laughs) That's awesome. One, two, fifty-eight. It's Shalom and Desmond, the not historians. Welcome to another iteration of the show. That's correct. Iteration. He's going to keep saying it. I I am until it catches on. Uh, We're going to have a new saying. It's going to be iterationism. Kind of like criming. You're pushing it with the crime and the gangsterisms. I know people like them. I like them. At this point in time, when this is released, there might even be shirts of this. We've designed one. We've okay. designed four shirts. Uh-huh. Uh, talking to the dude. We're trying to work out a price. If that doesn't work, we'll be selling them on our own, but I don't know how that'll work. So I'll probably have to buy like a screen press or something. <laughs> right. Because that's I'm, I'm cheap. Sell them uh, outside of the, or in the back of the trunk like you do CDs. Yeah. Going state to state. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have some ideas. We, we, need, a, we need some... Ideas from you guys, see what you want from us. But yeah. I, I actually have an idea that takes us back to our, well, at least my very original roots. Okay, what's that? Oh, well, I guess, yeah, we can share it with the listeners. Why, Why not? not? Why not? They won't know if it happens or not until it happens. True. Uh, you remember toilet books? Books for the bath- bathroom reading. Yeah. They don't have those anymore because we have iPhone. That, that's correct. But iPhones have Kindle apps. You can yeah. read books on your... All right. So I'm thinking... We should compile some of the facts we don't make into shows because they're too short. The ones we always say we're going to make into a show that's just like a Q and A, and we'll throw in like four or five random things. Mm-hmm. Well, since we have the chats now for patrons, we probably don't need to do Q and As all the time. Good point. Because we were originally planning on doing one next month, and then a few months, and you know, every so often. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we should compile those into an ebook hmm. and maybe give it away, but maybe sell it for a dollar, maybe give it away to patrons. Who knows? But it would just be our take on some little-known historical facts and interesting ideas. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. We might, we'll, we'll, we'll look into it. We're trying. We're trying various avenues. Indeed. Uh, you guys talked about whether or not there should be blogs or more episodes. Stick with the weekly episodes like we're doing, or if we should do more virtual tours like we did at mm. the High Plains, yeah. or if we should just you know try anything new. And the most popular response. Surprised us, which is you guys actually want to see us in video. Oh, 
So I have well, to put on pants. Yeah. Uh, it's not a great it's not a great look for us, but you know, it's what we is what we have to do. We have to give the people what they want. Yeah, especially since we have faces for radio. Uh, now, surprisingly, yeah, faces for radio, yeah, faces. voices for print and handwriting. Uh what we what we've decided to do is uh, make some videos. That is correct. We made one video. Uh it's not posted probably. We're editing it. It's something that we promised from the very first episode. So if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen, listen to the to first it. episode. And you can thank us for making this video, but you can also thank Ray Walden. Indeed. Because he is our number one patron right now. Mm-hmm. He helped bring this show to you, and he also helped bring something else. Listen to episode one, Monopoly, find out what, to you on video. Or you can just watch the video, because it may be out, because you might be listening in the future. Who knows? I always listen in the future. Yeah. Well, it's the best way to do it. That's what I heard. Anyway... I guess it's time to get to today's show now that we've got all of that out of the way. Yeah, t- so today's show is about Pretty Boy Floyd. Pretty Boy Floyd. Now, what do you know about Pretty Boy Floyd? Uh, you know, I know his name is Charles Arthur Floyd. Charles Arthur Floyd. See, when I heard about Pretty Boy Floyd, I just thought he was a... I actually thought he was like a bootlegger. Yeah. I didn't... Yeah, because that's been common to this when I When I first heard about him, uh, I didn't know because what it turns out he is, is... He's Robin Hood, right? Well... I mean, there's more to it. He's a gangster, too. I mean, Robin Hood was a gangster. Not like this. Uh, <laughs> my point being that he is the, I think he's the quintessential archetype for the movie game. Hold on, pause. If I can't say epitome, you can't say quintessential. I don't say it every episode. Fair enough. He's the quintessential archetype of the dramatic movie gangster that we see that people have empathy for. That's what I want to put out there. Is He's the guy that tries to do good, mm-hmm. does bad. Is good at it, doesn't like being good at it, it seems. And whether that part's dramatized yeah. for, you know, television or whatever. But the fact is, he does turn into this kind of Robin Hood figure. He does kind of look right. out for his own. And he does have kind of a sad turn at the end where he gets what's coming to him, but you really sort of have to feel for him. Yeah, okay. And so in that in that way, I think he is the archetype for that uh, whole genre of movies where you have the, uh, the sympathetic gangster. Yeah. It's all based on Pretty Boy Floyd. Right. And it turns out he is the dude I've seen in like a billion gangster films. Not yeah. the exact guy, but the story has been pulled from him and put because on. Because he has an interesting story. You know, from, it, my, it from my memory, I mean, he was born in 1904 in like a rural town, like farming town. I mean, instead of you, know, a lot of the people at the time went into straight criming. That was their thing. He actually had to try to have a, a legitimate business where he was working as a farmer, right? Right. He did try. He did. I know he did try to become a farmer, but I, I'm more interested in what you knew about him going into this. So going into this, I knew that you know he was he was part of the Kansas City massacre piece. I, I knew that. All right. See, yeah. I yeah, I I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I I didn't even remember it from the show about the Kansas the second show, right? Right. Frank Jellybean Frank, Nash. We right. had Jellybean on there. I didn't remember from then. So I was totally taken by surprise in the story, as you said, mm-hmm. takes place in Oklahoma. He's trying to farm. Yeah. He kind of strikes me as like the, the, if James Bond was a real person, like he might have been, he might have had some origins quite like this, something like similar M- to this. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I, I, what I thought was really, there's a one prophetic piece. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and jump to the story because we've already kind of started there. Sure. He was born in Georgia originally. Right. He, now he grew up and lived and everything, I guess, would be associated with Oklahoma, Oklahoma later on. But he was born in Georgia while his father was serving time in prison. Yeah. Now that's, I guess, in a way, just prophetic. Like, that struck me as like... Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, because he has two choices at this point in time. He can either go into the life that his father was in, or he can resist that that urge, that blood that blood fire, that they call it, I guess, 
and choose another path. Do they really call it blood fire? Did you just I say just that? Made that <laughs> <laughs> this is how the show usually goes. But that sounded pretty cool, though, right? Yeah, no, nigga, you got that blood fire. You got that blood fire going. Yes. I don't know yes. if that's Jamaican or Nigerian or right. just Georgian. I have no idea. Just made up words. It does. It does sound real, though. We're going to use it. I like it. Let's make that let's, a thing. Let's make it a thing. All right. Because uh, he's got fire in his blood. I like it. Exactly. It makes sense. It was a great word. I just wanted to really know if you made that up or not. No, man, it was actually made good. That <laughs> it wasn't just, he got that bloodism. <laughs> bloodism. <laughs> just add an ism at the end of something. Oh, um, so that was... That was now, uh, what's really scary, I guess, is he does try to be a farmer. Right. Live a straight life. He tries to be a square. And... Turns out, not, not, doesn't work. And it's not I mean, really yeah. his fault. No, I mean, uh, everybody was having problems with farming back in that day. Right, because the, the Dust Bowl. Everyone right. knows about the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably have an episode on it way in the future sometime or tomorrow or whenever. But he didn't really get caught in the Dust Bowl, but in the droughts that led up to it. Because right. you know, it didn't just happen all at once. Kind of creeped in. And when it did, he was trying to farm. And yeah. it's not a good time for rookie farmers. No. Yeah. So, um, he, he went out and found some crime to do. He found some crime? So, he was criming? He was criming. Oh. And uh, what's really bad is it turns out he's kind of natural at it. I'm going to go figure. Because of his his blood fire? I, I guess. I mean, I don't know how much of a criminal his father was. I didn't look that up. So, I, I don't know if it was just a one-time thing or maybe he was in jail for embezzling. Maybe, uh, uh, it might be some white-collar yeah. stuff. I don't know. No. I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. He... He was he was pretty good at crime. Yeah. Um, by the time he was twenty one, so like nineteen twenty five, middle prohibition. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, serving three and a half. He got three and a half in the clink for robbery. Man, you sound like you're from that time. We say he got three and a half in the clink. Yeah, I mean, wow. You know. <laughs> and then so, you mentioned Kansas City, right? I did mention Kansas City. I had no idea he was known for Kansas City. So yeah, man. So I mentioned Kansas City because of the Kansas City massacre. But you know, Pretty Boy Floyd was um, he was into robbery. He was uh, a bank robber, actually. And he did some killing, allegedly. But for the most part, he, his focus was more on the robbery. And what he did to build himself, build a name for himself is he was doing this. And I think, and I saw something somewhere where, um, in one of the interviews, where a lot of his, his psyche at the time was he's robbing. Yeah, he's getting rich. He's making money off this stuff. But he also was giving this money back because he didn't want to go into this life in the first damn place. He, part of what led him down this path was that he couldn't. I mean, he couldn't make money as a farmer. Right now, he, I know he robbed banks. He robbed banks. He robbed I, I, when I when I read that, I was like, okay, so he's not a bootlegger. Right. But I, I heard that he also was a hitman and an enforcer, lethal enforcer. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He walked around with a dominator, and I had no idea. I, I just I knew that I knew those two things. I, I should say that because I'd heard that he was a hitman. And, uh, you know, was a strong arm. So I didn't know if that was true. Yeah. Uh, But I did see that he ran into Kansas City when when I was researching this with you. I know he had a lot of run-ins with the law in Kansas City. Okay. Mm -hmm. But um, now, did he ever get arrested again for... Like did he did three and a half years at the beginning of his criminal career, right? Yeah, and if I recall, he he got arrested quite a bit. Uh, He got arrested quite a bit, but he, he would never serve, like, time time. He would serve, like... Days, like months, a couple months. Okay, so he would like sit out some parking tickets. Almost like sitting out parking tickets, yeah. And then just get back to robbing and And shooting people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One interesting thing I found, Uh because I know that he he served some time, but like you said, it was days. I saw that. 
Yeah. Um, that's the end of the 20s. So, like, I guess 25 to 29, 30, he's not really... He's just criming. Yeah, he's just criming. All right. But then in 1929 or 30, I can't remember which, he killed his first guy, his actual first guy. Now, when I said he moved to Kansas City, he became a hitman. I heard that. I'm assuming that was... This is when that started. I think so. It was first murder... Right, all the hit, all the other hits are mostly allegedly, but this is an actual known fact, and it was it's it's his first it's his first confirmed kill, and yeah, wow, he does sound 007 when I say it like that. First confirmed kill, yeah, and the dude's name was Jim Mills. I don't yeah. know anything about Jim Mills except for one interesting fact. The it's the interesting fact that that he is uh, allegedly guilty for killing uh, Floyd's dad. Is that right? Yeah, he was accused of killing Floyd's father. Yeah. Floyd kills him, gets acquitted. Right, which is exactly what happened to to Mills. Mills killed right. Mills killed his uh, his father and right. allegedly rather, and they he was acquitted for the crime or of the crime. And then okay, that's nineteen twenty nine, right? Right. Because in nineteen thirty, now I know now I know where I'm at in my head. Nineteen thirty, he was brought up because that's when he escaped on the train. Okay, okay. this is a great story. Pretty boy Floyd. Gets uh, captured. Yeah. Gets brought in on suspect of being the murderer of a cop. Supposedly mm. killed a cop. Uh, I think it was in Kansas City. Yeah. So he did kill this cop. He this did is, kill the cop. Yeah. Because here's what happened. They set him up. They set him up talking about how he was he was going to... Uh, they, anyway, they lured him into the place. The cop's name was uh, Curve or something like that. Hold on. What, what was his name? I know this is also part of my notes here. Irv Kelly. Okay. Irv Kelly, and so he isn't a cop. Irv Kelly isn't a cop. He's a retired law enforcement guy, but now he's doing the whole bounty hunting thing. All right, so he's a bounty hunter. Right, so he's looking point, for Floyd. He's looking for Floyd. Right, so he he sets a trap for Floyd by saying something along the lines of that Floyd's wife and his his son are at this place and they're calling him down to visit. So Floyd shows up and they unload on him. They huh. unload on Floyd. Now here's the here's the ridiculous thing about it. They're firing at Floyd, and Floyd's like, okay, well, I got to do something. I can't just let him hit me. He fires back. And Floyd hits um, hits Irv and kills Irv. Wow. And and takes out a, a couple of the people that were with him, too. He ta- he gets hit. It's really sad how he gets hit. Floyd gets hit, takes like three shots to the leg, and one of the scrotum. Really? Yeah. Really, really. So real James Bond. I mean, real James Bond. It just took this shit like a champ. Now, none of the, none of the stuff he, he was hit with was, like, life-threatening. Right. But... He felt horrible about this because he knew that uh, Irv Kelly had a family, and he just took this man away from his family. But he felt like everybody else felt like, "Hey, it's self defense." No, that's what I'm feeling like right now because I didn't know this story. Yeah. You're telling me the story right now, yeah. and my immediate response is, "It's been in the news, and we don't usually do this." But right. this is, I think, non-political, non-social uh, kind of thing. Those bounty hunters that open fire and get get some people killed. They're doing the same kind of thing that they oh, did, yeah. where they, they lured him out, and then, like, what did you expect to happen? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I feel for it, because, again, every turn, it seems like uh, the PBF is just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But right. I'm forced I'm forced to, like, he's like, I just want to be a farmer, and some dude comes along and is like, you know, I'm making all this money. Yeah. He's like, God, I, I need, need money. I need, I need yeah. I got to have something. I can't just right. be a deadbeat. The yeah. bank is going to take everything from me because I can't farm because the weather is killing me. Yeah. And then he gets involved in this. And then he's so, like, hey, look, I'm robbing these banks, but I'm giving people the money. He didn't give them all the money. No, 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 no. Of course not. But I'm saying he wasn't He wasn't a lavish gangster. I never found anything to talk about. In most of these episodes, there's always a bit 
mm-hmm. where he talks about how flashy they were. And like, he, he Bugsy was, was very flashy. Yeah. Nucky was very flashy. Yeah. Even Jelly Bean was named for his sharp dressing. Yeah. You know, all these guys were very... But Floyd wasn't. I mean, right. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He was not. So I think that he probably did give more back. Floyd was more of a... I mean, I mean he, and you got to ask the question, how do you get the name Pretty Boy? You know, you got the name. Well, let's let, let's save that because there's a lot to that. Yeah, well, true, true. And I want to I want to get back to what you were talking about right now with this with the murder. Yeah. Okay. So I knew that I knew that he had been he wasn't convicted of this murder. No. He was accused of the murder. They brought him in on the murder, and I didn't know it was this tragic story. So now oh, yeah. I'm really feeling for him. I mean, he was interviewed. He, anytime he was interviewed by newspapers and whatnot, they'd ask the question. And which is weird for me to hear that this guy's being interviewed by newspapers, but he's a wanted criminal. So he's actually spending the time. Well, I mean, to it's not that story. weird because I mean, now that we have that, where like they meet, you know, and they give an interview. I mean, I, I guess, but that's not even the main point here. The point is that he still, in my mind, he felt enough about this person to feel sorry for this person trying to kill him and him doing what he has to do to survive. Right. I mean, did you shot him in the balls? And he's like, I'm sorry. I, I was just shooting back to get you to stop shooting me in the balls. Right. And there you go. Yeah. So what 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 got me about it was he wasn't convicted of this murder. No. But he was convicted of a bank robbery after they got him, after they had him in custody. Yeah. They did find a bank robbery in Ohio that, that they got him on. Yeah. And he got handed a 12 to 15 year sentence for it. So that's some serious time. That is. I mean, that's not life. But that's for non-murder, non-violent. That seems pretty big to me. I agree. But I don't know what the the sentences were like back then. Maybe that's I mean, something we can do a show. Yeah, too. We, we should look into that. The criminal justice system of this time period. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can ask people when they're when on the show to talk about uh, the other stuff. Yeah, that's a good. Because I would like to know like what the what the laws, what were the punishments for like prohibition and things. Right. That's a um, question. So Floyd mm-hmm. does what Floyd does, which is. He survives. He makes do. He turns yeah. lemons into lemonade. And he's on the train on the way to jail. He's already been sentenced. He's already been convicted. He goes, hey, boss, I got to go to the bathroom. They take him to the bathroom. He kicks out the window and jumps from a moving train. Dang. That's how he escapes. So he's Man. getting very James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that, and I was like, that's the most ridiculous statement. And then we talk about this dude. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he just has these tragic turns. Like, the only thing that didn't happen was his partner didn't kill his wife yeah. in an event. But, yeah, he uh, he had a family. He did have a family. But they didn't really get involved. It seems nope. that he kind of kept them separate and went on his own way. Right. So I, I didn't really research them, I'll be honest, because they didn't seem to be a big factor. This He does seem to right. care. About them because he shows up to like that ambush. That ambush, exactly. And he does seem to send money back and take care of them. They're ne- you never find anything. Yeah. But they leave. They live a pretty normal life from what I read. There was no nothing outlandish. They weren't there. running around with him like when we talked about what was it Little Bohemia. Yeah. They they they're not they're not doing all that kind of stuff. He has them very much separate, more Which, so than even the mob. Like when we talked about uh, Bugsy. Yeah. More so than that, like he doesn't have a mistress on the side and other things going on. It's not uh, Kate Kelly running around being the hype man. Yeah. They're very much just like off somewhere in Oklahoma or Kansas or wherever they're at. And he's just Looks out safe. doing what he feels he has to do. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, sorry. I don't Crumbing know. and surviving. Well, you know, it's just he's associated with a lot of robberies and other crimes by rumor. Yeah. So, that's one of the things like looking looking into this, it's very hard to say what he did and didn't do. We know he did several robberies. 
Yeah, we absolutely do. We know he killed Jim Mills. I mean, we have to say allegedly, but... I mean, I don't feel like we have to say but allegedly, but yeah. it's pretty well known. Right. And he did boast about some crimes that people don't know about, but because of the guy he was, because of the way he was, he got away with a lot of them, and no one would testify. Right. Why would you? This is a guy who is going in, robbing banks... And also, another caveat to that, so he's robbing the banks, he gets the money, he gives the money back, some of the money back to the people, and then on top of that, he would ask for mortgage loans. Like yeah, they're, they're he's the guy, this is what I meant when he in the movie, right. there's always dramatic scenes in the movies where the good bank rubber comes in and tells him, you know, don't worry folks, no one's going to get hurt, your money's insured, you're going to get paid for it, the banks have a policy, the government's got you covered, yeah. by the way... You're gonna, if you're going to repossess all those farms, like probably happened to him, you know, give me them, throws them all in a barrel, chucks a match in it, burns everyone's debts, yeah. throws $100 bills on the floor when he leaves, and doesn't break anything, doesn't yeah. hurt anyone, and just walks out the door. Like, you see that in movies. Right. This guy was doing that. This yeah. is where they get that from. It actually happened with Pretty Boy Floyd. It doesn't happen anywhere else that I can really think of. I mean, bits and pieces of it, but he's really the whole package of tragic story. Mm-hmm. Robin Hood, just, it doesn't mix like that. Plus, he's right. good at it. Like, yeah, that's really the other thing. There's guys that do it once or twice, but this guy is not just walked into his local bank, burned down this stuff, took the money out of the safe, no. and headed downtown. He's doing this across it. And in Oklahoma, he can pretty much just knock on people's door and be sorry. And they're like, oh my God, it's Pretty Boy Floyd. Come in. Well, come on right this way. Yeah, exactly. You know, as long as it's not a banker, he doesn't care because there were criminals that would, of course, prey on these people. Yeah. But Pretty Boy Floyd has a name, has a reputation. I mean, he is a hard man. He is very much, you know, a killer, a robber, a gangster. And what gets me is when there were gangsters that would prey on the normal people, mm-hmm. he would, like, pistol whip them and tell them, stop that shit. Yeah, because why? Why would you be doing... Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, he'd just walk in and, like, he'd be like, what are you doing? He'd be like, robbing this guy. And he'd be like, here's $500. Stop. Right. You know, hit him. He's like, you don't have to do that. So so does you are you agreeing that this is the epitome of a gangster? No, I, I I think it's the archetype, as I said, of the movie, the you know cinematic, okay. yeah. sympathetic, sympathetic villain, uh, you know villain, I mean, gangster. I, I don't want to call him a villain because I think that's a bit too. Strong no, I'm of saying a word. In, in a movie setting, in yeah. a cinematic setting, he is the antagonist. Agreed. You're trying. They're trying to catch him. They're trying to do it. But every time you see him on screen, what do you see? You see him out busting his ass trying to plow land. And the Dust Bowl just wipes in, and then the bank comes and needs mm-hmm. their money. And then, you know, guy comes up and says, hey, I know how you can make that money. And he's like, I guess I can do that. Yeah. And then the next turn, you know, he's getting chased for the stuff he's doing now to do it. And he's like, oh, your wife and your child are on trouble. And he hangs up the phone and driving through the night. And then he gets there, and what is it? A fleet of cars waiting with shotguns. They start shooting at him, and he's like, stop. I'm try- yeah. trying to get away. He tries to put the car in gear. I imagine in a movie. I'm not saying this is what I really... You know, trying to put the car in gear and everything. It won't shift. Transmission shot. Yeah. So he has to start shooting back. And he's just... Bing, bing. And then all of a sudden, you see him hit the you know, the sheriff guy or the bounty hunter guy. And he goes down. Yeah. And he's limping away out into the woods. And they're like, oh, now you're in bigger trouble. And then they convict him. And they're like, yeah, you, you did this. And he's like, I, I, I did. But you guys... And shot the shit out of me. I think we're even. Yeah. Like, I robbed a bank. I get it. And I, I should pay a debt to society. But I got, like, four bullet holes. I think I paid my debt to society. <laughs> right. And I'm like, no, you're going away for a decade and a half. So what does he do? Kicks the window out of a train and jumps out of it. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm on the run. Everything will be all right. And then you see him walking into a new bank. And you're like, oh, God, he went back to crime. 
And what does he do? Walks up, gives the kids some candy, tells yeah. everyone everything's going to be okay. Give me the loans. Give me your money. I'll be out of here. Yeah. Walks around, you know, says hi, tells everyone everything's okay, collects his money, throws it in the car, lights the deeds on fire, throws money as he's rolling out of town. And, and he's done. And he's done. And you're like, that's that's a movie villain. Yeah. That's a movie sympathetic villain. The guy you're supposed to go, oh, God, I understand he has to die. I understand he has to do jail time. I understand he has to give himself up at the end, but I don't but want him to. You don't want him to. Right. That's this guy. Mm-hmm. I understand he's a gangster, but at no point in the story am I rooting against him. And I think that's a fair point. Anyway, I, I mean, it's, it's just interesting. Um, another interesting thing, as you as you were mentioning, is the name Pretty Boy. Oh yeah, okay. Now he had he had other he had other nicknames. Well, I'll get to those. So go ahead and tell me how he got the nickname Pretty Boy, and I'll I'll talk about some of the other because I found one that like the. Uh, like the shooting that you jumped into apparently and did all that research on, which yeah. really impressed me. There was something I couldn't let go in here, and I had to follow really? it. So go ahead. See, so my knowledge of this beforehand was that Pretty Boy came. The nickname Pretty Boy came from a, a chance encounter with a couple of uh, prostitutes of the time, some mm. some ladies of the night. Or they, well, hell, I don't know if it was the night. They might have been the day back then, but that was my understanding of where that nickname came from. They gave it to him because of his pretty face demeanor. Really, and yeah. I, I I heard. And then, again, we don't know. I heard it was from a robbery. Really? He was robbing a payroll master. All right. And they, they, they just commented on, you know, he How was just a, he was? Well, he's just a boy, you yeah. know, and then they commented in the paper, I guess, or to the police, whatever. There was a written record that he, very handsome, pretty yeah. boy. He was a pretty, and boy. So pretty boy Floyd became his, Um He was also called Robin Hood of the uh, Cookson Mountain, or Cookson Hills, sorry. All right. Uh, which I guess is the area that he was in, that makes sense. and obviously he was robbing. They they literally gave him the same thing. Yeah. The other one was Chuck Floyd. What the hell is that? Yeah. So this is the like one that chock full of nuts, Floyd. What? No. This is this is the thing I had to get to the bottom of because I was like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. They don't make no don't make sense. Any sense. Okay. And the only thing I could think of was like either A, he liked chocolate. Yes. Okay. Or B, he was Choctaw. Yeah. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Now. You know, will he also uh, be half Cherokee? I don't know. Maybe Chippewa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know because uh, my grandfather's side of the family is Mississippi Choctaw. So I was like, I I need to find out. Yeah, what's going on here? Because I'm a good blend of natives, and I was like, I, I Chalk Floyd sounds like a native name you would give somebody that was like half, yeah. or maybe something. So, so I what'd you find out. It's a reference to Choctaw beer, so it is referencing Choctaw, okay. uh, which. I, I did know about Choctaw beer. When I found out about it, I, it's just a thing. And it was, it was, it's just slang. It's mm. slang. It means bootleg homebrew beer. Because okay. that you were saying, like, that's what you would sell to the Choctaws, I guess. I don't know that much about it. I just knew it was slang for, like, homebrew. That's crazy. Um, and it was fairly common in, mm. like, the Old West and the Plains uh, till the 40s, mm-hmm. until after Prohibition had settled and right around the war. Uh, it was strong. And they usually gave it an extra kick with things like tobacco, cocaine, even. Oh, good old cocaine. Yeah. So they what they would do is they make like bathtub gin or something. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And then they'd be like, "This needs a pick me up." So they would lace it. Yeah, it would definitely. With tobacco be or cocaine or heroin or whatever, you know what I mean? And yeah. you, you would get that. You get that extra go juice. In you. I guess. So uh, Chalk Floyd apparently he was he was fond of Choctaw beer, so he would get a little bit hyphy on it. Old timey hyphy mud. <laughs> Oh, okay, nice. I mean, it really is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so he was, yeah, 
he used cocaine. He was a step ahead of his time. I mean, I guess. But yeah, no, this is mean. actually this is an interesting thing that uh, honestly I would love to do an episode on Choctaw beer. Mm-hmm. Because when I saw it, like I, I said, I, I thought, feel like you're, you're you're signing us up for like nine hundred episodes. Wait, we've future we've, episodes. We've got to get to all seven billion people on the planet, man. We're gonna have to make a lot of episodes. I right, fair point. We said that in the first episode too. And look, mm-hmm. things from the first episode were coming true. So you know what? That's a fair point. <laughs> but uh, no, I just thought it was interesting. Choctaw beer. It's so good because it's homebrew beer. Yeah. It's bootleg beer that's laced with extra shit just to get you crunk. Get you going. Oh. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Go like, ride the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. And I, I just I just like it that he didn't get the name uh, Machine Gun Charlie or Machine Gun uh, Floyd. I'm glad. But Well, no. The reason, the reason I say this, Machine Gun Kelly got it because he owned a machine gun, right? Yeah. Machine Gun... Uh, Floyd makes sense, or Machine Gun Charlie. I like Machine Gun Charlie. Uh, yeah, Machine Gun Charlie sounds good. And here's why. The man was very fond of his... Uh, he, he, is that a machine gun, or is it just a It's sound? a submachine gun, actually. It's, it's just, I know this. This is in the notes, so you're not going to know this. So I'm pulling one out on you now. Right, I pulled Choctaw beer, but that was in the notes. I wrote that down for you, so you would... Here's one. He would take a Thompson yeah. submachine gun. He would remove the buttstock, remove the foregrip, and make it into a pistol. Huh. Just the pistol part, and then he would use that. That was his weapon of choice. Really, was a machine pistol. So it's a modified machine gun. It's a yeah. It's a okay. Well, the way we're gonna have a little bit of a gun talk here because uh, it's important, I think, to understand that what is what a Thompson is. We're gonna have an episode of Thompson, but we can go ahead and just illustrate this point. Around. The reason uh, the difference between a machine gun and a submachine gun is the sub is is, is sub rifle bullets. So they use a smaller caliber. That's it. So in this case, forty fives. Yeah. That's it. So a submachine gun is a machine gun. It just small fires a smaller round. Oh, okay. Slower round, usually too, but the pistol rounds. So that's it. So he, he would take this pistol. That's literally what a submachine gun is, is a machine pistol. Yeah. And he would just strip off all the extra parts and just leave the machine part. And that was what he used. And just go around. Nice. So when he got into trouble, I mean, again, you know, you might walk in the bank and spray the roof or whatever. You have to keep the cops off you. Yeah. You got to do these things. I mean, legit. It's part of the job. So when he did it, he had a gun that he was like specially built. We say he was really good at this. He was so good that he was like, I'm going to make a machine pistol. <laughs> and he didn't make it, obviously, but... But he modified it to make it work. Yeah, and he yeah. found what he liked. And I mean, not many people that I know of generally have even seen a Thompson like that, let alone would carry one. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, personally, I think it would be kind of unwieldy and dumb, but if he could use it, I Jesus mean, Christ. Yeah. Anyway. It's like the equivalent of using the, the Masamune Blade in I, Final Fantasy VII. I, I guess. I don't really know. Or the Buster Sword. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I know that what that is, seeing how unwieldy that thing is. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of crazy because, yeah, he did do all this stuff, but he wasn't really... Uh, a bad guy? No. Well, not even a bad guy. He wasn't super well-known, I would say, at this point. And what? we're talking about, we're almost up to the Kansas City Massacre, which is when he actually hit the like public eye, I would say. Right. Right now, he's locally known and kind of beloved. Yeah. So, again, the tragic turn is that if he had, if nothing else bad in the world had ever happened and he had just stayed in the plains, mm-hmm. like running through here in Oklahoma, nobody probably would have ever, he would have died in a shootout probably or something, but he wouldn't have become like public enemy number one. He would have never... Had to be the scourge that people call him. It's just it's just funny to me yeah. because that, that, that he has this name and he gets pretty boy even though he uses a machine gun. Whereas Kelly gets machine gun 
even though he pretty much just owned the damn thing. <laughs> now, of course, that's not uh, true. He used it too, but not. Yeah, not like Floyd this. was known for his love of. Uh, so what about? And I heard this somewhere. I know it went through this that he actually came up and created uh, an alias for himself while he was on the lamp. I don't doubt it. He's a I very mean, smart guy, and I couldn't remember what it was. Um, and I apologize. I, I didn't remember what his his nickname was, but he had a nick or an alias name that he used when he when he was trying to escape. You know, when he was escaping on the lamp. And I guess this is this kind of goes back to why we probably need to have an episode on how identification worked when you know back in this time, this day. And well, I want all. I want pre photos. This would yeah. be a little bit different, but I mean, then I guess. I don't know if they had photograph. I don't know what photographic ID, so it would be an important part yeah. of the show. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, because um, this was right at 1930. Mm-hmm. I know that because I know what happens next, so I know it has to be between the time he escaped and there. Yeah. So that's, I don't know what kind of name he would have used or how he would have escaped in 1930. You know, on. Uh, around it again i think it's easier for criminals than normal people because they're not looking to buy houses they're not looking to right register things and if they do they just give cash huh that's a good point so he does take what i found out to be a peculiar turn he teams up with a guy called bill the killer miller killer miller yeah and they go on a multi-state like spree of just robbery yeah for a year i think about a year and Miller is actually killed in during a shootout with some government men. Uh, Floyd killed one of them. And that, yeah. that didn't help him, right? Because, yeah, killing government people, as we will see, killing FBI agents or uh, other such types really brings the heat on people. Mm-hmm. And that's where he messed up. Like, he killed a bounty hunter. He didn't even get convicted. Right. He killed one G-man in a shootout where they killed his partner, which I'm not saying makes it even or right. I'm saying, like, in the heat of the moment, in the heat of battle, he killed a guy. And he is forced to go back to Oklahoma to hide out because Oklahoma is safe. And Oklahoma, at the time, there was nothing they could really do to help him. Yeah. They were in the grips of the Depression. And what would finally become the Dust Bowl was just then hitting, right? Oh, yeah. They were in the worsening conditions. The conditions that had drove him to being a gangster have now started to really, like a decade later almost, really just like, we're pretty much there. Right. So, he has to do what he has to do. But he's just hiding out. So, considering the modern day Robin Hood, he goes and he's hid by fellow Oklahomans. There's not much they can do, but they can't hide. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, bankers aren't hiding him because... They're bankers, and he's robbing them, yes. Well, you know, there's an interesting rumor that was whenever whenever he would start robbing, mm-hmm. insurance rates would go crazy. I believe it. Uh, for the for the banks. They would just, like, skyrocket. Yeah. So this also brought pressure because the banks were just losing money because they weren't insured. Yeah. And so he would just walk in, and again, the bank's insured, so he has no reason to have to get violent. Might get violent, but he doesn't have to. Right. Unless somebody does something stupid, so... True. I don't. I don't. I don't. I like. I. I don't know, man. Like it, it's just to me. I find it really hard to to just say to be mad at this guy. And it is. I mean, like he's the people love him. Yeah. The banks hate him. I mean, that, that's my thing. It's the like, government hates him. If you're doing something for the people, like I mean, I I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have had a problem with Robin Hood. Now I don't even think Robin Hood existed. I think Robin Hood is just a fantasy, right? Isn't that correct? 
I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, speculation about. We 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 could do a whole series on the theories mm-hmm. about who Robin Hood was, where he came from, what he really did. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things that you actually watch documentary. Uh, oh yeah, you do. I just watch Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, no. So. But Floyd was Floyd was was loved. I mean, yeah, he was revered. Yeah, because he was a Robin Hood. He was Robin Hood. So yeah. Robin Hood did exist at some point. His Fair name point. was Charles yeah. Floyd. Um, Fair he, point. He's even mentioned in by Steinbeck in The Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. Now that's a big shout out right there. Like I mean, I'm serious. That's a shout out. You know what's an even bigger shout out? What's that? The governor of Oklahoma offered a six thousand dollar bounty on the man. Damn. In the depression thing, but he like $6,000 and people still didn't turn him over. Dead or alive, right? I don't know if it was yeah, dead I think or alive. I think it was dead or alive. They wanted him either dead or alive. And I'm sure the governor can do that because he can pardon you anyway. So he's like, bring him in dead. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's crazy. So oh. that, that that's that's kind of Floyd's yeah. real criminal career spans really just about five to six years in heavy crime. Yeah. He has that spree with Killer Miller, but he had his own, you know, Robin Hood before. Right. And then he gets involved. Oh, man. Is this what we're about to talk about? The 1933. Oh, Kansas, Kansas City, City Massacre. Okay. 1933, he had become public enemy. Number one. Well, I don't know if, he, if it was in 1933, but it's it's around that time. Because yeah. Kansas City Massacre with Frank Nash. Go back and listen to that episode. Second episode of the, of the show. And Frank Jellybean Nash gets fucking destroyed. Like, like this is the worst, the worst fucking rescue attempt. You know, ever. I've really thought about that going oh. back and listening to it every time. I'm like, man, you know, maybe it wasn't a bad plan. Maybe they had an actual. No, it's still no, it horrible. It's still a horrible plan. plan. Um, oh. So, of course, everyone involved with that gets caught up. Yeah, gets chased down. John Dillinger gets killed, and right. after the death of Dillinger, Floyd, who is the only member that we're not still positive was a part of this breakout, right. Becomes public enemy number one. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You go from like, this is the part in the movie where he's like shot and driving away and seeing the signs say public enemy number one. And it's his face. And, and, and it, well, it's his face. But at the same time, he's thinking back to the, the like the farm not working. Yeah. Like driving down. The- <laughs> and there, I mean, there literally is no definitive answer. Right. On to whether or not, say. yeah, to whether or not he was part of the... I, I wouldn't claim it either. I mean, that was the worst idea. I mean, it does sorry. seem like something he would do because he did do enforcing. He was friends with these people. He didn't run around the area. You know what? I don't want to ruin his legacy. I'd like to say he didn't do it. <sighs> you know, I mean, some things say yes, there. some say no. People claim there. it. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, though. Yeah. I mean, what sucks is the FBI and the media and the public of that day oh, yeah, made it so. made it, yeah. Which is sad. It's really sad. It's sad because uh, I don't want to say like he would have turned out good. Probably and he not. wouldn't have. I Probably think not. he would have died in a shootout. I think he would have robbed more banks. And there's bad, even with the insurance and all the mortgage and stuff, there's a downside to all that. I'm not saying that. Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of my, like it calls into question some of my thoughts on one of my favorite uh, criminals. Damn, I just said one of my favorite criminals. Because you have um, lists. I, I do, actually. Uh, Lupin the Third. <laughs> Arson. Arson Lupin III. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Lupin doesn't kill anyone, but he'll fire and to protect himself and whatnot, but he doesn't kill anyone. He'll rob banks and whatnot, rob people, rob famous people and, um, and uh, rich people, but he won't kill anyone. And so, my thoughts are, is he really a bad guy or is he just making poor choices? I don't know. I mean, robbing is still wrong. I mean, is it though? Yes. I mean, you yes. want to be robbed. Let, so let's let's talk about this. No, 
Okay. I do not want to be robbed. Yes, I'm aware that robbing is or is still criming, and criming is still wrong. But what I'm, what I guess, what I'm asking is, is his level of criming really all that bad? All that bad because he's doing something for the people. For some people, he's doing something for people who are there. In fact, no, no, no. My point so, being, so, that, that, hold on, let's no, talk no, about no, this. No, no, hold on, because there was a point in time where, in fact, when during my research, where I heard that this is the guy, this is the same damn guy who would go and he would go get groceries. And he would go get Christmas presents for families who didn't have right. anything. Yeah, no. So, I mean, to me, I'm sorry. He's robbing a bank. I don't give a damn about these banks. I get it. They're, they're there to make money. We're talking about the same time. This is the Rockefellers, the the uh, J.P. Morgans. Um, you know, this is that time for right. these but banks. But the, these are also the banks that allow people to buy farms, buy houses, buy cars. But they also are the banks who didn't do anything for these people who didn't have money for groceries, for But that's for, not the bank. What I'm saying is that's not the bank's problem. The bank was helping people. Either way you slice it. Well, they definitely were helping people with their money. They help people. Their, their money helped they help a lot pe- of people. They help people. Well, I know, but the problem is this. Now they got groceries that other people can't have a mortgage. What other people can't have a mortgage? That's, that's my point is whoever was going to need that money... Now cannot access it from the bank, but they can they can talk to your boy Floyd. He's not going to give him thirty thousand dollars because he might have only got thirty thousand dollars. That's the point. If they only if the bank only has the money to do what the bank's operations are, the bank can no longer do the bank's operations because they don't have the money because Floyd gave it away to sixty million other people. So, so imagine you want your house, right? You want your house. Yeah, now you bring up a valid point. But carry on. Yeah, no, I'm, that's all I'm saying is you you want to buy a house, you go to buy a house, you fill out all the paperwork. Floyd shows up in the town, destroys your stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I can... I'm not saying that. Look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. The redistribution of wealth is bad. What I'm saying is that institutions of finance are not all evil. Well, I don't mean to. I don't mean to say that they are. Because the money that, like, yes, I get the money is insured. Yeah. But the money is insured with your tax dollars. Yeah. So, you lost any money you had in the bank. Consider this. You finally save it up for whatever you're going to buy. Yeah. Floyd and Rose in town does it. Takes it out, yeah. He gave your money away to everyone else, but you were the rich bastard that was saving up for a new boat. You're not going to get your new boat because the money is gone and they have to wait for the insurance. There's not like more money in the back. Right. They can just come and give you. They have to go. But the idea is the money's insured. You're going to get your money. You're going to get your money, but any purchases, any investments you made in the last time, you've lost any interest, any opportunity. Okay, that's fair. So I'm just saying, like, the whole idea that it was just all positive is wrong. I, I think it's interesting. But I but. think the fact that the way he did it mm-hmm. is fair. Like, he doesn't seem to be one of those gangsters that I could find very many stories of him just rolling in town, shooting up the place, like, babyface Nelson. Fired for no reason. Right, no exactly. No fucking reason, yeah. Yeah, just... Right. Up and down the streets. Hey, so I don't know, man. With, with this and guy... And he, he wasn't that type of guy. No, he wasn't. And while I do, I think he took to crime. Yes. Yeah. Do I think there were other options? Yes. Do I think he was a criminal? Yes. Do I think he committed crimes and deserved to be punished? Yes. But at the same time, do I think that his story is tragic? Yes. Am I sympathetic to the man's plight? Yes. Hmm. I don't see anything wrong with the way he did what he did. I see things wrong with what he did. Okay. Yeah. So, what, so your contention is he was already in the environment. If you were going, if he, if you had to be a criminal and you had to rob banks, I'm glad that it was a criminal who robbed I'm banks. I'm glad it was, was a pretty good. boy Floyd. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. I gotcha. think that sums up this. I agree. Because uh, I got, but I do think that if you if you if you like gangster movies and you like the, I don't know, uh, I'm not a big Kevin Costner fan. I like Kevin Costner, 
there's this movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called The Perfect World. Uh, no, I have not. Okay. It's set in like the 1950s. And Kevin Costner's a criminal. He's getting away. And he steals his car. It has a kid in it. And they, they go on like a, a little on a lamb adventure. Yeah. And you get really sympathetic to his character and everything. And it's not so much like this. It's just a different type. It's a sympathetic criminal. That was the first movie where I think I ever watched it and the, the criminal was sympathetic. Yeah. And actually liked him. Actually liked Kevin Costner. Hmm. So, I like that movie. And this reminds me of it because I'm very much the same way sympathetic. Like, researching Floyd's story. And I'm like, yeah. well, there's more to it than that. Because uh, you can find, of course, a lot on Floyd. Oh, yeah. There's no shortage of material. So, there's no shortage of us being wrong about things. True story. But, I mean, just honestly... Um, you can read Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, the the FBI vault has stuff on it. They do. Yeah, but I, the FBI on this one, I feel like... They, right. Yeah, I mean, you always have to remember it's one side of the story versus exactly. the other. Because they have to yeah. say what you know what they were operating at under the time. Plus, the FBI today is not the FBI then. Exactly. Uh, biography, which is not so good at these things, has a biography on him. And I, we do pull stuff from there from time to time. Yeah. I mean, it's a resource, so we use it. When we're not gonna contradict them, but I find that they are often contradicted other places. Hmm. Just, just lots of stuff you can go look into about this guy. So endearing, I think his story is that of all the gangsters we covered this far, yeah, he will probably be the one whose story is still being told in another two hundred years because it's yeah. it's the Robin Hood thing. It is. It's an updated Robin. Yeah, and Oklahoma is a Sherwood Forest. Well, yeah, or Sherwood Forest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he has the Sherwood Plains. <laughs> or was it the the Cooks? The Cooks, the Cooks and Hills. hills. The Cooks yeah, and Hills. He has too. the Cooks and Hills. The yeah. sheriff of Cooks and Hills County is going to come after him. Right. I mean, seriously, uh, I don't know of any other gangster that does all the things that he does in this complete package. Yeah. I mean, he kills government men. He has crime sprees. Yeah. He burns the mortgages. Right. He gives away the money. Yeah. He has shootouts. He, he buys groceries for folks. Yeah, I mean, Christmas presents. He tried to go straight. He did try. Got screwed. But, like, this is the biggest thing that gets me, I guess, about this story. It's so sympathetic. Just, this is my last thought here. It's just because everything that I see pushing him. Now, he makes poor decisions. Yeah. But everything that kind of pushes him to these poor decisions is based on things, circumstances out of his control. I agree with that. And I really think that, you know, one thing is the media and the FBI kind of turned this against him. And that's when they started, they chased him down. They hunted him down and he got in a shootout. Yeah. They shot him. The cops shot him twice. And I mean, that was the end. Basically his last words were, I'm done for. You've hit me twice. It's curtains. I like, I like how, I like how he says it. Like either it's against the rules. Yeah. Like you, you're only supposed to shoot me once. Right. Or B it's like touch football. And he's just letting you know that he's like, it's legit. It's legit. Yeah. You hit me twice. It's two hands. It's two hands. <laughs> well, and, and so the, the cops run off to go get like uh, paramedics, I guess. And 15 minutes, they're gone for like 15 minutes and he's already gone. He's bled out. He, that's where he's in. Now, I think that the magnitude of this that we haven't focused on is the man was 30 years old when he died. Yeah, he does not have like a... No. His crime, like, that's why I was pointing out. Like, I'm, like I'm 31. Five, six years. You know, I'm 31. Yeah. You're 31. Yeah. About to be 37. I'm yeah. <laughs> and because uh, that's how math works. But I mean, think about it. It would be, it's like we started, we started crime at age 14, 15 or something. It's almost what that looks like. And we served some time by 21. We were out by 23. Um, 
and now, or no, 23, 24, and now we're dead six years later. Yeah. It's freaking, like, that's that's something that's, to me, that's a bitter pill to swallow. You know, I mean, it really is. It's, it's, it's sad. It's sad. It's tragic that he's young and make these choices. I agree. Mm-hmm. But it's also sad that there was really an opportunity for him to have another life. Like, think about this right now. Yeah. If Monsanto and irrigation had been around, this dude might have been just like another farmer. Like, mm-hmm. we might be seeing him down at the feed store. I mean, yeah, true story. But because of that, we we get a legend that's going to live on yeah. forever. That's an interesting question that I'll put to the listeners. I don't, I don't need you to, to, to answer this. <laughs> ah. If you have the choice of being an average Joe, mm-hmm. knowing, I'm not saying thinking in your mind, knowing you could be pretty boy foot, I'm being able to start a farm, work hard, have a normal life, and just be a be a guy. Yeah. Or go down in history as pretty boy foot. What would you choose? What would you choose? I don't feel like Floyd would have made the choice to have been Pretty Boy Floyd. What choice would you have made? I don't know. I have to think about it. I want to see what the people think. That's that's my. That's why I think it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could answer that question myself, but I think that it's best to leave that one to the listeners. Yeah. Let them. I mean, it's just a thought. Yeah. Be happy to hear what you guys have to say on that. Feel free to once you hear this show, feel free to you know respond back in the Twitter feed, Twitterverse. Uh, hit us up on Facebook. Tell us what you think. So we can kind of maybe gauge your uh, your opinions on this. Yeah, on so this we matter. know where to go in the future. Do you want to see more sympathetic gangsters or do you want to see more regular guys? I just did think. All right. Well, until next time. It's been Shalom. And me.